podcast with Tola Dole Fisher. Hello and welcome. This is Woman Alive with me, Tola Dole Fisher. This is the podcast for Christian women where I'm chatting with real women about real life and real faith. That idea that don't you feel like don't you miss that time in your life? Don't you miss, you know, having more fun and being wild? And, and you know, I, I really, I don't, I don't ever miss it. I look back on it, you know, with a lot of regret. I've done it before in the past, but I've said, well, God's going to forgive me, so it's fine. I'll just do it because he's going to forgive. But that is taking advantage of this really amazing grace and his mercy and his love and... I think we should cherish that and walk as he wants us to walk. The Woman Alive podcast is produced in partnership with Open Doors. Today we are going to be talking about whether sin is more fun. Um, and before we could be put you off and you turn off immediately... Let's introduce you to today's guest. So I am Tolidor Fisher. I'm the editor and creative director for Woman Alive magazine. And today with me, I have Jemima Wright. Jemima, can you please introduce yourself? Hello. Yeah, I am Jemima Wright and I am deputy editor of Woman Alive magazine. So I help Dull with magazine. She does all the things that I'm not very good at and and more. So thank you for that. Um, And Cassandra Maria also with us today. Yes. Hi, my name is Cassandra Maria. I'm a comedy writer and a presenter, and I present on Premier Gospel. And also, Hope Bonager. Hi there. I'm actually primarily a stay-at-home mum. I've got four lovely children between the ages of four and 11. Amazing. Um, yeah, but I've also done uh, modelling and acting for quite a long time, and I love to write. We're going to start off with an icebreaker. So the topic of today is, well, the question is, is sin more fun? So the icebreaker question I'm going to start with is, I'm going to ask you one by one, what is your guilty pleasure? So I'm going to go first to, who am I going to pick on first? Hope, what is your guilty pleasure? So right now, like immediately it just came right in my head. Right now it's chocolate. Like I am, and I'm usually very careful with what I eat, but the last maybe month i don't know if it's stress or what but i have been like i like fancy chocolate so i go oh wow i go to tk maxx and find like the the fancy chocolate and i've just literally i've been like when can i go to tk maxx and get myself some chocolate and sit in my car and eat it so yeah that's probably not so good but that's the truth all right okay jemima what is your guilty pleasure oh it's always crisps always crisps it could be salt vinegar crisps at the moment in fact yesterday i got uh, i thought i felt like crisps but i wanted to be healthy so i got lentil ones it didn't <laughs> look healthy but um they were still delicious and crunchy and uh... yeah i love that you both said food and now i'm interested in cassandra what is your guilty pleasure you see i wasn't going to say food i was gonna say um reality tv because I no one shouldn't really watch a lot of it because I know it's it's not always great for us. However, I am always watching Married at First Sight Australia, always constantly. Oh. So Love Island, I love a bit of Love Island, all these different shows that I shouldn't really indulge myself in, but I do because they're interesting. 
<laughs> and I think Love Island was the, the show that actually helped you throw your social media cast. Is that right? It is. Yeah. You're commenting uh, on Sex Bond. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I used to not really comment on it. I used to do little sketches that were just based on a particular character and what I think he would have said in certain scenarios. So I would just do a voiceover. Um, and when he came out of actually the villa, he saw them and he loved them. And then I met him and he was like, oh my gosh, you're the girl that did the videos. And I'm like, yeah. So it did actually help my career, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so thanks to Love Island. Um, I feel like I should share my guilty pleasure, but I don't know that I... Ah, oh, what is my guilty pleasure? I would, I'd be tempted just get, to go with food because it's quite an easy one. And also say, Jemima, I love crisps. So when people say like, or oh, when it's printed on the bag of crisps, it's a sharing bag. I don't understand what that means because I don't share them. And I feel so guilty. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Chris. Um, I'm actually allergic to chocolate hope, so I don't share that guilty oh, no. pleasure. No. Unfortunately, I can't touch them, um, which is probably lucky in some ways. All right, so let's go into the conversation for today about about uh, Sim, which is an article that you wrote for us, uh, Hope. Yeah. And at womanalive.co.uk, the headline we've used for this article is, I was the poster child for Sin as a teenager. Here's what I said when someone asked me, is Sin more fun? And you're really candid and kind of open about the life you were living when you were in New York, I think, mainly in New York and as a model and kind of in the public eye um, and how, I mean, you weren't a Christian then, but just about um, kind of your experiences and also in hindsight looking back. So can you just um, tell us why you decided to write that article for us? Like what led to it? You know, so actually really like, so the premise of the article is just that I was on this job and I met this lovely gentleman and it was just kind of like one of those God things when the conversation just really flowed. It was a long job, so we had the opportunity to talk quite for quite a long time. And when that came up, that topic, um, it just really stuck with me. You know, it stuck with me. I don't, I just really feel like it was like quite, god ordained you know and um that idea that you know don't you feel like don't you miss that time in your life don't you miss you know having more fun and being wild and and you know i i really i don't i don't ever miss it i look back on it you know with a lot of regret not regret but just because i know what led me to my salvation but i mean i don't look on it on family at all so the thing as well that i I, I notice with um, when you talk about kind of a pre-Christian life and a post-Christian life is often there's quite a we well, in the church we celebrate a stark difference where there's been a like a wild life before Christ and then a kind of then holier than thou life after Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really interested to know from you guys, Cast and Jemima, whether you have experienced something which you would say has been like more. A particularly sinful life before you became a Christian, if there was a before, or if, whether or not you grew up in that in the faith, or if you feel like sin is something to be tackled on a day to day basis. I mean, is sin this like terrible thing that only happens before we become a Christian, or is sin a day to day thing that we have to kind of tackle and, and deal with? Well, for me, so I did grow up in a Christian family, and I never, um, so I, I was Christian for as long as I can remember, and I never did the kind of glamorous sins that 
people, you know, the world says it's, you know, get drunk and sleep around. And the things that um, the world says, that's just rite of passage. You know, teenagers, that's the way you go. You experience the world. It's fun. It's great. I didn't do any of that. I didn't drink because, not because of my faith, but because I didn't like the taste of it and I still don't. Um, however, so so on the outside, you could have said, you know, I'm a good Christian girl. But I remember when I was 18, I went to a YWAM, Youth of the Mission, it's a, a mission organization, a discipleship school. And um, you have three months, three months of lectures and then three months of outreach somewhere. And the last week of the lectures, this guy who was preaching, he said that verse in Revelation, um, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Um, talking to a church in Revelation. But I felt God speak to my heart and said, you've been lukewarm. You've got a foot in the world because you want to be cool and respectable and have people like you. You don't want to be too weird a Christian. But it doesn't work like that. If you want to, you know, really follow me, it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was really convinced of being lukewarm. So for me, my area of sin was not like you know a dramatic uh, yes exactly but it was my heart and it was I was you know choosing um not to fully surrender because I didn't want to look too holy I don't know what it was as a teenager you wouldn't oppress the people around you so that was my journey yeah it's interesting because I we do have this idea that like like, like you said that rites of passage is something that everyone just goes through and it's always expected that kind of prodigal son experience that that is always celebrated as something that then you then you have a better idea of how of of holiness because you know what the other side is. But maybe yeah. that's not always always necessary. Cass, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's that's how we kind of see it, isn't it? We start off doing all these crazy things and then there's a dramatic change and we start wearing white all the time. Do you know <laughs> that? the case that isn't it's just constantly in white that's not always the case um my journey isn't that I mean I guess in the grand scheme of things it kind of is but I was never like a crazy wild child I used to get drunk when I was 18 if it happened again (laughs) and you know those kinds of things and I kind of stopped but yeah I mean that's how we see it but that's not as it always is because even after we are saved we still have to battle certain things it doesn't just stop as soon as we get baptized or as soon as we give our life to Christ or we've attended church now it doesn't just end that journey is progressive you still have to battle certain sins that you battled when you were not saved and you still have to battle certain temptations that you battled then as well but the difference is we have Jesus to do that and we know why we're battling them and we find more joy on this side than that side I think well you say that we find more joy on this side do we though? I mean, I've had, I'm not I'm not a stranger to sin. I'm not uh, presenting this as something something that I'm completely uh, unfamiliar with. However, I do feel like there is sometimes an element of um, glamorization of of sin. I think hope you mentioned the word kind of glamorous earlier. This idea that the darkness or the other is kind of like cool and like sexy or it's kind of fun. Um, where is that even? Where does come from? The word that's coming to mind for me is temptation. You know, it's always that that thing of like the thing you shouldn't be doing, which obviously is one of the major roots of why why we even needed Jesus. You know, like it all started with that temptation and and not answering it in the right way. You know, not fleeing from it. 
Um, I just think it's in our nature as human beings because we have free will that there will be temptation in this world and you know but you know in Christ we have the power to overcome it and to say no but it's funny this this scripture keeps coming to mind with what you were saying earlier just about um so it's I think it's Jesus talking with Peter and Peter says to him you know wash my whole body and make me clean and Jesus says you're already clean but you you know you'd only need to wash your hands and your feet and I think that, you know, once we become saved, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, we're a believer now and we are free from sin. But yes, day to day, you know, we will have those struggles, but it's not that that we're not unclean anymore, you know. So I think that's maybe the difference. Well, when I think about um, uh, sin, when I was thinking about this in preparation for today's conversation, I was thinking back to when the first kind of concept of sin was in the, mentioned in the Bible. And for me, that is kind of back at the beginning, Adam and Eve, um, they were told not to do something and they deliberately went and did it. So it's a direct kind of um, direct uh, example of going against a direct order from God. So is that definition of sin going against a direct order from God? Is that what sin is or is sin, um, is there, is there another way to easily define what sin is? Let's go to Hope. You're like you're about to say something. Well, I, I, to me, like I've always heard it defined as missing the mark. So, you know, falling short of God's standard. So God has his standard. We know really perfection is the standard, holiness and obedience. And um, so anything that doesn't meet that really as far as what I've been taught, you know, is it's said it's falling short. So it's not necessarily, you know, smoking a cigarette. You know, like Jesus said, if you're even, you know, if you lost for someone in your in your thoughts, you're committing adultery. So it even goes down to our, you know, maybe not something we're even doing, just something we're thinking. Yeah, it's really it is really easy to think that uh, there are certain. I'm sure if I gave a list of activities that people do, we'd sit on the fence as to whether that's sin or or not sin. Like you just gave an example of like smoking, we can say like clubbing or drinking. And actually, they're very specific things that we don't necessarily see in the, in the Ten Commandments, for example, as God's direct order, but we've just made them like these are the sinful things and focus on those things. But as you said, Hope, there's a lot of like what's really going on in the heart, what's going on behind that. Um, Jemima, what do you think about this definition of sin or what would you say in your experience is um, an accurate or correct definition of sin? Well, I don't know about accurate or correct, but I feel like sin is choosing my way instead of God's way and whatever that looks like. And when I was thinking about this podcast, I was thinking of um, what Paul says in Romans 7 when he says, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. And what is it about us as, as humans? We, we, um, we go our own way and it never leads to life. And that's, I think, Dolly, you said earlier, it's, it just shows us our need of our saviour. Right? I don't know if it's just the, the, the grace that God gives us that we, we can choose to keep on going our own way and um, keep trying to make it work in our own you know with our own strength but um 
the only way is with God and choosing his way, which it seems hard. I mean, he says it's a narrow path, so it should be hard, I guess, because um, it's broad, the path that leads to destruction. So it's going to be inviting and easy to go that way. Well, before this conversation, I was reading Leviticus and Numbers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Leviticus and Numbers. They are full of stuff about sin offerings and burnt offerings and holiness and, and it's really overwhelming and it made me just think if we were this is the the example that god has given us that if we were to be completely pure and holy in the way that uh, is acceptable to god these are the things we would need to do i mean have you read some of these things i haven't i didn't actually pull out i should have pulled out a scripture and um, for sin offerings uh you have to slaughter animals in a certain way and then uh, wash this in a certain way and stay away from people that are dead and don't touch this and do touch this and there's five days for this or seven days for that there's a lot of rules around sin um and i i grew up in a church where you focus on the old testament so i knew that very well so aware of everything i was doing wrong um, and then in my teenage years went to a pentecostal Elam pentecostal church where they focus much more in my experience or my opinion on the New Testament and about and around Jesus and his salvation and the salvation through Jesus. And I sometimes, because I have that root in the Old Testament where I know this is, it felt like a very strong right from wrong um, um, debate. I feel like sometimes we, we, we can err too much towards one or the other to, oh, not, don't worry because everything's fine now because Jesus came. So you can do whatever you like. Um, and the other end of that is everything you do is a sin. You should be completely feeling condemned every day um, and I want to ask you guys where you feel you sit with that do you feel like as a Christian that is uh, just something that you're, you're used to now like you it's sin is part of something you overcome every day or do you feel like it always doesn't matter so much which which one do you lean towards it, I guess is my question Jemima well I just was thinking as you said that about it's easy to coast and allow things in your life allow sins in your life just it's easy to um but i remember when i first went freelance and as a freelance journalist and i had no money behind me so you know selling stories i had to sell stories because um otherwise i couldn't pay my rent or eat food so i pray look you know this month and he's stories please help me and he provided miraculously month by month however if there was any sin or disobedience in my life stories would stop selling it was so dramatic so nothing would sell and i'd be like lord Lord, please help, you know. And you go, what about this? You've done this. And I was like, oh, no, never mind that. You know, like, Lord. And it was awful because I, I, could, you know, I couldn't tell stories until I dealt with it. And it was pretty painful. Like one um, scenario was I put a story on a friend um, and I had got paid a £1,000 for a story and she had got paid a £1,000. And she'd said to me, oh, how much did you get paid? And I said, £500. And I don't know why I said that. I think probably I was embarrassed. I, you know, it's my job. I should get paid for it. But I was, anyway, I don't know why I said it, but I said it and I was like, oh, that's awkward. Anyway, moved on. Next week, I'm praying for, um, praying for more stories to come and nothing was, and God said, you, you lied to her. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's awkward. Anyway, I could not move forward until I'd called her up and said, I'm so sorry. You know, when you asked me how much I got paid, I said 500, I got a thousand and I'm sorry about that. And it was awkward and she was, uh, you know, it wasn't like a great conversation. I pushed on the phone and I felt such joy. And literally the next day I sold a story and I just, God was helping me. And I felt him say like his blessing, it's like a pipe of his blessing and we block it up with our sin and disobedience. 
And he just wants to bless us. And I'd never felt it so dramatically as in that first year of freelancing when I, I couldn't hold on to anything. I just had to um, deal with it. And it was painful and embarrassing, but good. You know, I mean, there is the thing of, you know, Jesus came and um, what is that scripture? And it says, oh, he came to kind of defeat the law or something like that. So we don't have to, yeah, he was to fulfill the law. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people take that and they say, okay, well, that means that we don't need to pay attention to any of that because mm-hmm. everything is covered in love and God will forgive. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean, for me anyway, it doesn't mean that I get to just do what I want and then I'm just going to be forgiven. I think you have to still consciously and intentionally um, every single day make sure that you're not taking advantage of the grace that he's mm-hmm. giving to us because it's very easy to do that. And I've done it before in the past, but I've said, well, God's going to forgive me, so it's fine. I'll just do it because he's going to forgive. But that is taking advantage of this really amazing grace and his mercy and his love. And I think we should cherish that and walk as he wants us to walk because that is a massive, it's, a, it's salvation. That is it's literally life and death. It's, it's a huge thing and I don't think we should take advantage of it. So that's how I kind of manage that. We can do what we want technically and God will forgive us, but I don't want to take advantage of the hand that he's reached out because I love him and that's not what you do when you love. And I I love that you've ended with that because that's the that is the whole thing about Jesus coming is that it was in love and that is the greatest the greatest commandment Jesus said it's to love and so that's where um our heart should be sitting we're doing things or not doing things or feeling guilty about things. It should come from this place of love, not condemnation or even shame or any of that. Um, again, I really love that Jemima that you were saying that God told you about what because He wants you to He wanted to, you to know. The Bible says why people were destroyed from lack of knowledge. He wanted to give you that knowledge of what was holding you back. Um okay, so just to kind of round up the conversation, we started off saying is is sin more more fun? Which on a Christian podcast, I mean, what's the obvious answer? Um I think in this conversation we definitely just we've discussed whether uh, the kind of like the different types types of sin and the like levels of sin. Um, I think it is really important to say that we're all uh, struggling with stuff um, on a daily basis, and that we come to the throne of get we come to the throne of grace for that um, kind of freedom and from the sin that we're going through. And we also know that it can affect us negatively if we don't deal with the sin that is kind of happening in, in the background. Um, I want to go around and say to everyone, is sin more fun? But I'm pretty sure I know the answer. So is there anything you want to share to kind of sum up how you feel about this conversation on sin, Hope? Uh, I I did want to say something that came to mind when Cassandra was talking was um, obedience is better than sacrifice. And that gee, that's an Old Testament scripture but jesus said that if we love him we do what he says and that is how we show our love for god by obeying him so you know we can't really say oh i love god but i'm just doing whatever i want you know even that even goes to something jemima said as well you know our we show our love to him by obeying his word and trusting him and believing in him and living for him so that was that's you know the thing that comes most to mind to me is that sin can't be more fun because you know we're children of god now we've got the spirit of god not the spirit of the world and so what's fun for us and what's joyful for us is what pleases god you know because we love we love god so 
Woman Alive with Tola Doll Fisher. Okay, so we're now at the section where we discuss your questions on relationships and sex and the Great Sexpectations series. So today's question is, I'm an unmarried Christian and I live with my partner. I feel uneasy about it, but I don't know what to do. And this reader has asked, what I do feel a level of discomfort about is being a Christian and living as my partner without being married to him. We are a committed couple and have been together for 13 and a half years. We act as if we are married and he is a kind, caring, loyal and considerate man and has a love of nature. We've discussed marriage, but as I myself am divorced and he has seen many marriages fail, he is not keen to take this step and feels that doesn't prove devotion and commitment to each other. This is a genuine reason for us not tying the knot and on a personal level, I don't mind this. We are middle-aged, so starting a family is not an issue. I prayed about this and asked the Lord to forgive me and to bless our relationship. I feel in my heart that he listens and I don't get the overwhelming feeling that he doesn't approve of our relationship, although it has the living in sin stigma attached to it. Before I met my partner, I prayed that I would meet a decent, genuine and caring man to spend my life with, and he came into my life soon after. I feel that my prayer was answered. God will always come first in my life. He is everything to me. My partner is a pretty special man and I'm very happy with him. But I would love to be able to have my relationship religiously blessed in some other way, if that were possible. Do you have any advice? I would say that I would say, even though it's... So I'll just give my view, which is what the Bible says. She didn't really mention if her partner's a Christian. So I can't really assume either way, but my advice would be to put God first and say, um, because she's feeling convicted about it or she wouldn't really write the question. So I would just say, um, you know, my faith says that if we're living together and we're, I'm assuming that they've got a physical relationship together, then we need to be married and I love you and it's important to me you know but I have to put God first that's just what I would say you know and I think that if the person is light-hearted and light-minded and respects her and her faith you know but then it's like are you is he a believer as well so I think there are a lot of things to be looked at I've got um just a anecdote uh, a couple that I know of that they both actually came to Christ before they were married they were living together and when they got saved, they immediately were like, we need to get married. And they got married and they've been married now for 30 years. Um, but I think for me personally, if I'm putting God first, like actually what we talked about earlier would be being obedient to what Jesus said. And, you know, the marriage covenant is a really, it's a very, very special thing. And I think we need to honor God and his design for things ahead of, our feelings well in this question in her question she said that she feels well she doesn't get the overwhelming feeling that god doesn't approve so the way she's talking it almost sounds as though her concern is how she'll be perceived by the church and people around her mm-hmm. rather than an internal thing castle do you mind do you have any thoughts on this well i i would i would echo what hope said in that 
I mean, sometimes I'm not saying that this is her case whatsoever, but sometimes we can put our own feelings and say, well, maybe God feels like that about how what I have. But that's why we have the Bible because it's it says things regarding this. Marriage is what you're supposed to do with your partner. That's how God blesses a marriage. That's that is the method. And so, you know, if you're asking, is there another way? Unfortunately, not. I mean, that is just the way that he <laughs> he's chosen to bless a union. Um, and so, yeah, I think maybe she's a bit concerned about what everyone else feels and does everyone else look at them like, oh my gosh, they're living in sin. But like Hope said, I mean, if she is feeling the conviction for herself, um, wherever that is coming from, it's coming and that has to be addressed. And the way to address it is in the Bible. It's marriage. If you want God to bless it, that is the way. Are you saying that, are we saying that this woman should insist that this man marries her? Is that where we're landing? Jemima, what do you think? No, I totally agree with Hope and Cass that that marriage is it's it's the covenant and, and it's the blessing. So for her, she seems like we don't know her full situation. We don't know whether he's Christian or not. It seems that she is feeling some conviction um, and wonders if there's a better way or wonders if that they can carry on as they are. It sounds like he is living under quite a lot of fear from stuff. So um, if he's a Christian, potentially he could be encouraged to get prayer ministry or counselling or something to help what the, the past, where the past is stopping him being able to move forward. That could be a, a option for them initially. I think that... Um the holy spirit so we know that the holy spirit is not going to go against the word of god you know he's he is god so he's going to lead us into all truth so we have to really differentiate between our feelings and what seems good because there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death that's what the bible says so we really have to when we love god with all our heart all our soul all our mind all our strength then we're going to obey him like Jesus said and we're going to put his ways first and really lay down you know so I think really going on that out on that limb for truth and for the Lord and expressing your love for the Lord first is I mean that's always gonna that's gonna be where we find blessing thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed the conversation Join me next time where I'll be speaking with three more incredible women about real life and real things. For more inspiring conversations, articles and opinions, head to womanalive.co.uk. Woman Alive. Real women, real lives, real faith.